And welcome everyone today on Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. Thank you so much for joining me. We have got a jam-packed show, so I am definitely going to launch ourselves straight into it. Those of you who haven't been living under a rock will know that it is indeed election season, both um, state and federal coming up actually. But in the meantime, we've got this state election coming and looming. And we have uh, Katie Gompertz, who is the Labor candidate, who's phoned in very kindly to talk to us um, here on Triple H Small Biz Matters. Thanks so much for ringing in, Katie. Thanks so much for having me, Alexi, and thanks for being flexible for a phone-in. This is the life of politics and parenting, I'm afraid. <laughs> and this is the we life be... for our community radio. We're here, yeah. we're here to serve. We have to be very organic in the way that we are flexible, so thank you very much for that. That's an absolute pleasure. Look, thank you very much for answering our questions. Uh, as you know, we had, and our regular listeners will know, we had Matt Keane MP on the program last week, and uh, we'll be putting some similar position to you as well, which is more um, in regards to small biz and uh, the way the Labor government is handling that. So let's talk to um, let's talk in relation to small business first of all. Um, so. It, Say, for example, if Labor was to come to power in New South Wales after the election, how would you specifically improve regulation for small business um, and what changes would you have planned in the next one to two years? Well, I think there's absolutely no doubt that we need to um, aid small business in terms of cutting through that red tape. I listened to the show um, last week um, and it was a fascinating listen. Um, and you got through some really tough subjects throughout the, the whole show with Matt. So we're going to have to repress the time for the for the stop that we have this morning. But I think there's no doubt we need to be helping small business. Um, as Matt said, that, uh, the small business is the engine room of the state and it's the biggest employer in the state. Um, but for me, I think we need to be looking further down the next one to two years. I think one of the biggest problems that government has is they're a little short-sighted in their planning. We should be looking at the next 5, 10, 15, 20-year major plans. Um, but, but there is a very thin line with regulation. Um, having I live in Barara Heights. Um, and I was unfortunately a victim of the hailstorm back in December. Um, and one of the biggest things that's been happening up here during the repair process is a lot of unregulated, unlicensed trades who are taking advantage of um, some of the most vulnerable in our community. And I will, I will note that, that the Minister for Better Regulation hasn't actually spoken out against some of the really terrible practices that have been happening up here. So with regulation, it's a really thin line between not... Um, affecting genuine, and we cannot doubt there are genuine, really hardworking small businesses in this area, but also how we protect the community from those that seek to advance, uh, take advantage of the most vulnerable in there. Um, so I think um, what Matt said last week is absolutely true, cutting through some of the red tape. Uh, and I think a lot of this discussion has to be community-led with the small business, kind of bringing them along to the conversation about how to make their da daily lives easier without um, kind of sacrificing any of the issues of regulation. So similar question to what I asked Matt last week. Um, who would you be consulting with in relation to improving regulation um, in, in this regard? Let's take, let's take the Barara storms for an example. That did affect a lot yep. of people. So yep. who, who would you expect to consult with and what sort of improvements specifically on that issue would you make? Well, I think there's a, a, major, a, a variety of stakeholders that we would need to be consulting with, such as the... Um, uh, a lot of the um, the unions that um, help uh, regulate the, the trade industry, but also from a small business perspective, you know, um, the consultation business like your own, which has an incredible networking reach, are the sorts of people that we would need to be talking with who have um, incredible knowledge of local business. Um, um, and, you know, it's important to note that our um, shadow minister for small business is, in fact, a small business owner ourselves because policy shouldn't be made in a vacuum. It should be made in discussion with the people who the policy affects and, and, and utilising a sort of networking group like Small Business Matters who 
have an incredible reach with their networking. Those are the people that need to be talked, need to be spoken to, because those are the very people that the policy affects greatly. So, tell me about the uh, potential small business minister that m- might be coming through in the in the Labor government. Um, can you tell me a bit about them? Are they a small business owner? Sorry, say that again. The small business minister, the shadow oh, small yeah. business minister. Can you tell yeah. me a little bit about them and are they actually a small business owner? Yeah, Jenny Aitchison is the um, um, is the small uh, the minister for small business. Um, she's actually been um, uh, she works in the tourism business and. Um, She's actually an award-winning family businesswoman who grew her business from um, no employees um, to over 35. And um, she um, likes to, she finds it really important to challenge the notion of innovation and navigating the red tape. So she's got personal experience in that. And I think, I mean, you only have to look at the cabinet in Canada as a wonderful um, kind of blueprint for how cabinet should be made. That, uh, you know, the minister for women, women is a woman, uh, the minister for um um, the military has uh, military experience. So I think um, taking it from that perspective, Jenny has, would have a lot to offer because she's been on the receiving end of either bad or good policy and can see what works. Because sometimes policy works very well in theory, but then when it, when it rolls out into practice, it doesn't work. And I think taking along small business um, uh, uh, groups along to the conversation would actually help that sort of policy to be kind of uh, made and evolved within the government. Yeah, no, well, we definitely agree on this program and believe strongly that um, the politicians should be active in the um, the sectors in which they're representing, yeah, most definitely. Absolutely. Now, let's talk about um, infrastructure because that is definitely something that's on everybody's lips at the moment for uh, the state government election. Um, obviously, we are going through a huge overhaul of infrastructure in our Hornsby electorate, particularly around Pennant Hills Road, and there's been a lot of concern yep. around North Connects and the businesses there. Have you got any experience with specific businesses experiencing a decline, say, in traffic or in foot traffic. Um, Have you spoken to any of those businesses and how are you going to support them in our local area around the infrastructure issues? Well, I think um, going off what was spoken about last week, there's been um, a a report that um, Gladsborough Egyptian has um, uh, done in terms of how um, businesses have been affected by major infrastructure projects. Uh, The problem is that report won't be released anytime soon and I'll be very surprised if it comes out before the election. But I think the answer to any question regarding major, and unfortunately mostly delayed and you know, in the court, if you want to talk about the light rail, um, is that it's a little bit of too little too late at the moment. The consultation on the impact on foot traffic and small business should have happened in the planning stage. Um, and, you know, chairing committees and doing reports now, it's a little bit too late for some of those businesses, um, like in the CBD, um, and I suspect also around the... Um, um, North Connect area where those businesses are already um, uh, bankrupt. Um, so how is it just now that we're talking about stakeholder impact? So is that um, something that the Labor government would then implement is that this you would have stakeholders engaged at the planning point rather than after the fact in a compensation issue? Uh, yes, yes. One of the things that uh, New South Labor have committed to is actually launching an investigation about what has gone wrong in some of the major projects, specifically um, with this announcement with West Connect and Light Rail because they are West Connect is still in the planning stage very much, and Light Rail is a little bit of a blueprint for what not to do. Um, And once that investigation is complete, Labour would be in a much better position to prevent that sort of thing happening again. And again, that has to happen in the planning stage. So these consultations with small business, and you know, you only have to go to the CBD of Sydney to see um, just how um, small and medium medium business has been so badly affected by the Light Rail. Um, Those conversations shouldn't be happening now. They should have been happening during that planning stage. 
Well, that is actually something that we're hoping to speak to Angela Vitkoulis yeah. from the Small Business Party next week about. Oh, someone who's yeah, definitely right. been very um, intimately affected by those issues on George yeah. Street. And like I said yeah. last week to Matt, I believe that all of um, Sydney has been affected by having the you know the guts ripped out of our, our central road oh, in yeah, our beautiful yeah. city. Um, let's talk about payroll tax now. Um, now, this is something I put to Matt Keane last week requesting some sort of information or timelines about payroll tax, would the Labor government continue to increase the threshold for payroll tax, which is, of course, a state government tax? It's not anything to do with the ATO or the federal government. And yeah. I'm wondering whether the Labor government has any plans on increasing that threshold again or looking at payroll tax in the future? Um, look, I'll be honest, there's nothing I like more than a tax scare campaign. That word tax then shivers down the spines of, of individuals and small business alike. Um, but I think with um, payroll tax, um, the threshold will remain at $850,000. Um, and as far as I'm aware, there are no plans to lift that. But if we look at it from an economic argument about tax cuts, um, economists across Australia and even globally agree that tax cuts aren't the way to stimulate business. Um, you know, we can stimulate business by doing things like um, what Michael Daly announced the other day about the New South Wales Jobs Act which is um, any new state government um, infrastructure project would have a 50% target of local business. So the 50% would have to be using local businesses, local services, local trade. And I think, you know, we stimulate business by really good, robust policy. And again, like I said, you know, really pushing that point home that policy is made in consultation and taking the community along with that conversation. So um, I understand that the, the kind of tertiary argument on tax cuts um, being a bit of a sticking point with business. But if you look at the bigger picture, and especially historically about how, um, you know, to use a Polly's term of trickle-down economics, is that stimulating business can actually come from within policy as opposed to um, uh, tax cuts, which are unfortunately prone to go up and down depending on how the economy is. Um, and so I think it's really important to remember that there's more than one way to stimulate local business. Well, I, I find um, the point you're making in relation to Daly's um, policy about local gov uh, local jobs being used in major infrastructure projects, that's that's some good news. But what I don't understand, and this is the same question I was asking Matt, I find the payroll tax as a concept to be quite counterintuitive. On the one hand, you're talking about the engine room, you're talking about small businesses being the, the, the employer, the biggest employer in the country, and yet they are literally being taxed for taking on extra employees. So I'll just put you that question again. Does the Labor government have any plans with payroll tax to look at continuing to either increase the threshold to alleviate the, the burden on small business or roll it out completely? Um, well, like I said, the, the, um, to my knowledge, the 850000 is where that will remain. And, and, and that is... Um, that, that it, it's actually a million now. ...based um, on an economic to do with the New South Wales economy. Now, if the New South Wales economy is, um, goes back into um, budget surplus, then, of course, we look at things like alleviating the pressure on small business. Um, but as it stands, that $850,000 is the threshold that it will remain at. And I think, from my understanding, um, uh, not, not increasing it up to a million, which is what Matt had mentioned last week, um, affects around about 10% of the business across New South Wales. I couldn't tell you how many percentage that is in Hornsby, but it is a much smaller percentage just having that $150,000 or less um, threshold in regards to that payroll tax. 
Okay, great. Thank you. So the last question I wanted to ask you quickly is in relation to innovation opportunities. Now, I have been harping on about the opportunities of putting a hub into Hornsby, which I believe is absolutely necessary, if for no other reason to increase innovation opportunities, collaboration, education, and just basically giving businesses the opportunity to work together. We have one of the highest proportions of non-employing business sectors anywhere in New South Wales, that being over 62% of our businesses in Hornsby are non-employing. Is this something that you would support and um, offer to the peop- to the businesses in Hornsby as our as our candidate? Well, I actually work from home and have done for the last 15 years and I've been able to do that because I've managed to figure out a way to make it um, feasible. So I think um, if there's a way that state government in conjunction with council, who I know have um, some really excellent educational initiatives within Hornsby Council, it's absolutely imperative that state government get on board with that. And, and for me, a lot of that is centred around things like libraries. I mean, if you look at Hornsby Library, <clears throat> I don't know if you've been there recently, it's not very inspiring. They've got, you know, first-rate staff and third-rate facilities, which is a shame. But if you look at places like West Ride, Willara, Parramatta, Concord, they're start, state-of-the-art connectivity hubs. So I would 100% support Hornsby, um, which should also instantly be a transport hub, given its geographical position with their train lines. Yes. Um, uh, you only have to look online, and as you would know, the people in the Upper North Shore are prolific social media users. Um, you only have to look online to see a myriad of online networking groups that are reaching out, almost crying out to connect with each other. So there's absolutely no reason why state um, shouldn't be um, supporting something like an innovation and creativity hub. Um, because I think in that respect, not only does small business win, um, but because small business wins, the community wins, you know, with the sort of facilities that we would, we would be needing, um, to have that sort of innovation hub in Hornsby. Now, I've got one last question um, in relation to the environment, actually. I know it's not really part of my remit, but somebody has um, emailed me this morning and asked for me to include this. Um, this is in relation to a client emergency now adopted by governments in over 31 million governments of over 31 million citizens in four English-speaking countries and Switzerland, including 17 million in the United Kingdom to take action aggressively to lower emissions and improve community resilience in our changing climate. Is this something that a Labor government in New South Wales would support, a declaration of a climate emergency now? Well, New South Wales Labor, um, you know, from my perspective, are um, really at the forefront of of making climate change front and centre for council, state and federal. Um, I know New South Wales Labor have um, committed to lowering 50% emissions by, I think, 2025. Um, And I'm not aware of the climate emergency that that what you've just um, talked about in terms of the other countries. Um, But I do think that New South Wales Labor are 100% behind the issues with climate change. Um, there have been some announcements recently about um, uh, 500,000 homes that would have um, solar panels, uh, uh, deductions on solar panels. New schools would have solar panels on that. Um, so I don't, I, I don't think um, there's any question that Labour is behind um, a, an initiative like that. Um, just as, just uh, you know, from the information you've given me, um, a climate emergency is something I certainly think we should be embracing um, as, a, as a less progressive party, yeah. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for answering that um, slightly left-field question this morning, Katie. Uh, Look, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the program. We do have to go to a break now for some community service announcements, and I'd like to thank you as the Labor candidate for Hornsby. People can, of course, pre-vote, although that is not our preference here at Triple H Community Radio. The Moxley Sausage on Saturday 23rd of March, and also as a member of my PNC, 
the fundraisers that occur with the cake stores and the sausage stores on election day is a major fundraiser for the school. So, yes, pre-polling is open at 20 George Street at Hornsby, um, but don't, don't vote there unless you really cannot make it to your local school or, or, or church on the 23rd because it's a major uh, fundraiser for the community on, um, on election day, on that democracy sausage day. You took the words right out of my mouth. Thank you very much for joining us today, Katie. Anybody who's just joined in now, you can have catch can, of course, catch the full interview with Katie Gompertz via our smallbizmatters.com.au website. Now, everyone, don't go away because when we come back after the break, we are going to be interviewing a very, very special guest. It is the Australian 2018 Retailer of the Year. We've got Dean Salakas here from The Party People, who some of you might recognise if you're regular watchers of The Shark Tank too. He's going to be telling us all about what it's like to to, to, to win such an award and how to make the most of it and also make maybe some inside tips on what it was like to be on Shark Tank. You're listening here on Triple H 100.1 FM, Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. We'll be back after this.